Welcome once again to the Parsons Nose Radio Theater of the Air. Tonight, the Parsons Nose players recreate a radio classic from The Shadow, one of the most popular series from the golden age of radio. The name of The Shadow was originally coined by a young scriptwriter, Harry Charlot, to create a mysterious narrator for 1930's The Detective Story Hour, meant to popularize the failing Detective Story magazine. The show itself failed, but the narrator caught on. Walter B. Gibson, originally from Germantown, Pennsylvania, a professional magician, pal of Harry Houdini, and the prolific author of a myriad of books, including the Biff Brewster series for young men, was assigned the task of filling out the shadow, giving him the alter ego of Lamont Cranston, the wealthy playboy who devoted his life to vigilante justice, much as the later Batman would. The character was given mysterious powers based not on the supernatural, but on science. He was said to have toured Asia and Africa in his youth and learned the powers of hypnotism and mind control, which allowed him to cloud the minds of his prey and thus render himself invisible. This worked especially well on radio. Gibson followed The Shadow through 20 years of radio, novels, pulp fiction, and comic books, all the while maintaining his other writing pursuits and his magic, even hosting an annual series of seances for Houdini's widow. Gibson spoke of The Shadow's inspiration, including Bram Stoker's Dracula, and his slouch hat and cape bear a remarkable resemblance to the 1916 French silent film character Judex, as well as the Phantom of the Opera, and even the 19th century cabaret host Aristide Brouillon. Perhaps an interesting avenue to pursue would be Gibson's marriage to Pearl Litska Gonzer Gibson, a harpist, magician, and author herself. She performed with the Boston and London symphonies and was a magician's assistant, Pearl Litska, to the great Raymond, whom she later took as her second husband. Gibson was her third. Pearl was a devotee of astrology, palmistry, and numerology, as well as an author of books on psychic sciences, dance, and personal hygiene. Must have been an interesting household up there in Kingston, New York, near the Catskills, where both are today buried. But now let's just enjoy a sampling of the fruit of Mr. Gibson's labors, The Shadow, The Ghost Walks Again. Adapted by Lance Davis and performed by Mary Shalon, John Rafter Lee, Jill Rogoshevsky, Barry Gordon, James Calvert, Marissa Chandler, and Lance Davis. With sound by Dave Bennett. For more about us, please go to ParsonsNose.com. But for right now, please enjoy The Ghost Walks Again. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Welcome and good evening to you, our radio audience. Tonight, Parsons Nose Theatre presents The Shadow, a man with mysterious powers who strikes terror into the souls of evildoers everywhere. Lamont Cranston, a man of wealth, a student of science, and a master of other people's minds, 
devotes his life to righting wrongs, solving crimes, protecting the innocent, and punishing the guilty. Using advanced methods that may ultimately become available to all law enforcement agencies, Lamont Cranston is known to the underworld as the Shadow. Never seen, only heard, as haunting to superstitious minds as a ghost, as inevitable as a guilty conscience. With his friend and constant companion, the lovely Margot Lane, the Shadow meets up with danger tonight, when the ghost walks again. Night, peaceful night, has fallen on the small New England town of Medford, New Hampshire. A young couple from the town is heading toward a village meeting. They take a shortcut through an ancient graveyard, when suddenly... Sam? Yes? Sam, look, up there, by the big oak. Is that a freshly dug grave? Well, I'll be. It certainly looks like one. Strange. That section's been closed off. There have been no burials there in over 200 years. Could be mischief. We'd better take a look. Hold the lantern higher, Sam. That's it. Say... That's the grave of Sir Roger Mathis, all dug up. Now, who could have done that? I don't know, but it's a terrible trick. Desecrating a 200-year-old grave, the grave of the first governor of our colony. Whoever the meddler was should No meddler desecrated this grave. Grace, did you hear that? Look over there, walking toward us. My gosh, his clothes all covered in dirt, and they're so old. Knee breeches, powdered hat, Puritan wig. But Sam, look at his face. It's like a death mask. It looks like the old pictures of Sir Roger himself. I am Sir Roger, my children, and I have returned from the dead. I have returned to save thee and thy village from its sinful ways. No, no, this can't be, it can't be. Silence! If either of thee utters one word of warning, I shall run thee through with this sword. What do we do, Sam? We have to tell someone. Thou shalt do as I command. This is my colony. The will of Sir Roger Mathis is law. To break it means death. Do you hear? Death! Sam! Look out! She was looking over here and I was looking over here. Right down now, quiet, quiet. Now, townspeople, gentlemen and ladies. The business that brings us here tonight is this, our old meeting house. 
As you all know, it was erected in 1712 by the very first governor of this colony, Sir Roger Mathis. And as you also know, nothing has been disturbed or even changed within these walls since that day. The furniture, the paintings are all in their original places. Yes, even the old punishment stocks and the and the torture press. <laughs> now, some of our community's members have proposed that this hall, which has always been a private gathering place for the descendants of the first settlers of the village, be open to the public as a museum, and an admission price be charged as a source of income for the town. That proposition is an outrage, Stebbins. Now, please, now, Mr. Crossman. An outrage. Thought violating the very laws passed down to us for centuries by our founder, Sir Roger Mathis. We still have the original document written in his own hand and agreed to by our ancestors. Someone go into the next room and fetch it. Harvey, Harvey, go get it and bring it here. All right, Silas. I shall read to thee his very document and ye shall see. Oh, no. Oh, no! What is it, Harvey? What? M- Mr. Stebbins, there, in the press, the, the, the torture press, there are two bodies. What? See for yourself. It's Sam and Grace Merrill. They've, they've been crushed to death. Here, here, there was a note in Sam's hand. It looks like old parchment. His hand? What does it say? It looks like a, like a death warrant. An ancient death warrant signed by Sir Roger Mathis. And that was the night the whole thing started, Mr. Cranston. Oh, Lamont, that's so gruesome. Indeed, Margot. Sheriff, have the state police uncovered anything? No, sir. They're as baffled as we are. That's why I sent for you. Has the ghost of Sir Roger been seen since? Yes, Miss Lane, I'm afraid so. Several times, and we think there have been others. Others? How many? Three. One was found in the stocks, another hanging from the old tree that was used for that purpose in the old days. A third was tied to the ancient ducking stool. We found him in the river. Drowned. Each one was clutching a parchment, a death warrant. Have there been any clues at all? Anything that would link these crimes together? Well, it seems that everyone who died was in favor of opening the old meeting place to the public. I see. Of course, that only strengthens people's belief in the ghost. They say it's his revenge for proposing such a move. And aside from the ghost of Sir Roger, who else is opposed to opening the meeting house? Oh... Quite a few of the old-timers would vote that way. The leader of that faction is Silas Crossman. Was he present that first night when the bodies were found? Well, yes. Yes, he was. But you can't suspect him, Mr. Cranston. Old Silas is one of our leading citizens. The Crossman family was one of the founders of the village. Yes. Now, tell me, Sharav, Sir Roger's ghost, exactly where and when has he been seen? He's always been seen in the old meeting house, usually about the hour of midnight. Very well, then. 
Margo, we shall seek out the ghost of Sir Roger Mathis this very night. Oh, Lamont, I don't think this ghost will ever appear. Now, now, the evening isn't over yet, Margo. You're not frightened, are you? Me? Of course not. Not very. Midnight. The hour for the ghosts to appear. Sir Roger? Sir Roger! If you're within the sound of my voice, I defy you to show yourself. No one's answering. Give him time, Margot. Give him a chance. Lamont, listen! He's coming. Give me that flashlight, Margot. Here. Who called to me? Speak! Who summoned Sir Roger Mathis? Look over there, Lamont. I did, Sir Roger. That face! It's not human! Why art thou here? We've heard a lot about you, Sir Roger. About the fear you've created in this village. <laughs> thou art but mortal fools. Do you not see that the fate of the others will be thy fate as well? We have no fear. Come on, then. Begin your destruction. I am most curious to learn more of your powers. I shall select the time and place for my revenge, sir. Aha! Then you're not going to harm us tonight, is that it? Very well, if you won't come to us. Shall we come to you? Stay where thou art. Stay, I warn thee. Come on, Margot. We're going to meet Sir Roger right now. Lamont, are you crazy? Hurry, Margot. Up these stairs. This way. In here. Oh, Sir Roger. He's gone. But, but where? I have chosen not to meet thee at this moment. Where's that voice coming from? Listen to my words, both of ye. There must be a secret panel. Thou hast defied me. Thou hast defied the God-given laws of Sir Roger Mathis. And by my sword thou shalt die for it. Next morning, Lamont Cranston and the lovely Margot Lane returned to the Medford Meeting House to investigate the origin of their mysterious visitor of the previous night. Certainly looks different in the daylight, eh, Margot? Sure does. Did you say anything to the sheriff about last night's encounter, Lamont? No. I thought it best not to mention it to anyone. We do know now, though, that Sir Roger proved himself to be a very human ghost. Yes. But who he is and what his motives might be remain to be discovered. And how he got away. Yes. That's what we'll find out right now. We're looking for a secret panel, I think. You start at this end, and I'll start down by the speaker's stand. If you find anything suspicious, give a shout. Well, this panel seems solid enough. <laughs> no sign of any... Good morning. Oh! Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to frighten you. 
Oh, that, that's all right. I, I just didn't hear you. My name's Darrow. Uh, Edward Darrow. And I'm Lamont Cranston, Mr. Darrow. And this is my companion, Margot Lane. Yes, the sheriff tells me you've been trying to track down our elusive ghost. I'll be so relieved if you succeed. Oh? Why is that? Well, I'm more or less the leader of the group that wishes to open the meeting house. And as you've probably heard, most of the rest of the group has, well, has met death at the hands of the ghost. And you feel you may be next? Yes, sir. Have there been any attempts on your life? Oh, not yet, Knockwood. Although my uncle probably wishes there had been. Your uncle? Yes, Silas Crossman. He heads the opposition group. He's plenty sore at me. I see. So, so how's it going? Have you discovered any clues to the killings yet? Not yet. We're just looking around in here. Knowing that all good ghosts use secret passageways and such, we hoped we might stumble on one. Well, well then, perhaps I can help you. How is that? Well, I'll be in charge of the restoration work if the hall's ever open to the public. And I have a sheaf of the original plans at home. Oh, really? Could we see them? Certainly. I could bring them back by here tonight. Oh, and, and I trust... No word of this will get back to my Uncle Cyrus, right? We mention it to no one. Oh, good. Thank you. Well, until tonight, then. Goodbye. Goodbye, Mr. Darrow. Well, Margot, I think it's time we investigated Mr. Silas Crossman. Crossman? Yes. I think I'll pay a call on him right now as... The Shadow... <laughs> what? What was that? Sorry to interrupt your letter writing, Mr. Crossman. Who art thou? Where does thy voice come from? I'm right beside you, Crossman. Oh, don't trouble yourself to look for me. No human eyes have ever seen me. I am the Shadow. Shadow? What brings thee into my house? I'm looking for a ghost, Mr. Crossman. The ghost of Sir Roger Mathis. And I believe you know all about him. I know nothing more than the others. Why are you so opposed to the opening of the old meeting house? Because the hall belongs only to us. To those of the village. For hundreds of years it has been that way. They shall not, they shall not desecrate an ancient tradition. Those are the same words used by the ghost of Sir Roger. Yes, I am aware of that. Soon, townspeople won't continue to believe that a ghost did the killings in the village. They'll know a human hand was responsible, and their suspicions, Crossman, will fall upon you. Me? Why me? Because of your behavior, of course. The way you live... The olden relics in this house. The quill pen. In your speech, you use the antiquated the, thou, just as the ghost of Sir Roger does. But that proves nothing. You're wrong, Crossman. That evidence alone would be enough to convict you in a court of law. Now tell me, 
What do you know about these killings? Nothing. I know nothing about them. I swear. I've given you your chance. I warn you, Silas Crossman, if you are the killer, you will pay for your crime. Lamont, do you think Darrow will keep his word? I believe so, Margot. Good. I don't want to spend many more nights in this creepy old place. Well, if everything works out as... Listen. Sir Roger? We'll soon find out. Hello there. Uh, Sorry I'm late. Oh, Mr. Darrow, you gave us quite a scare. I'm sorry. That seems to be a, a habit with me, doesn't it? Did you bring the plans? Oh, yes. Two sets. Here, take one. Good. We'd better go right to work. We can start at opposite ends of the wall. Oh, uh, Miss Lane, perhaps you would stay with me? My eyesight is rather poor, and in this dim light, I... Oh, of course I'll go with you, Mr. Darrell. Well, thank you. Uh, here are the plans. Uh, here's my flashlight. Call out to me if you find anything. Yes, we, we can start right here, Miss Lane. So, do the plans indicate anything? Well, there does seem to be something that would be right about... Here. Mr. Darrow, look. This panel. It moves. Why, so it does. I'll see if I can get a hold of it. There. It's opening. Oh, we must call Lamont. Lamont! Shut up! If you're so anxious to meet Sir Roger, Miss Lane, I'll take you. Let me go! Lamont! Help! Margot! In you go! (laughs) Where are we? Where have you taken me? A secret compartment under the hall, known only to me. Let me out! Cry louder if you wish. No one will hear. These walls were made thick to muffle the screams. They had a purpose for building them that way in the olden days. You see, it was important to keep order. What do you mean? Look at this room. An ancient torture chamber. Look about you. The press. The spike-studded pit. Excellent for finding the truth, don't you think? Then, then it was you who's been impersonating Sir Roger. Correct. But why bring me here? You see the fire I've started in the forge? You see that white hot branding iron? Why are you doing this? My ancestors, the Puritans, had a very satisfactory way of dealing with outside meddlers. Yes, they branded them upon the forehead so that all might know them. No! And soon, Miss Lane, you will feel the agony of that branding iron biting into your flesh. You're mad! You won't feel that pain for too long because I have another treat for you. The torture press. Keep away from me! Drop that iron, Darrow. Who is that? Release the girl. No! Where are you? Let go! 
Let go of my arm! I must finish my work! Your work is finished, Mr. Darrow. Who are you? <laughs> I am the Shadow. This is the end to your career of torture and murder. But tell me, why did you do it? Why did you kill those men? Because of my uncle, Silas Crossman. I hate him and all he stands for. But now I've had my revenge. He will be blamed. He will be held for the murders. What makes you think that? Because none of us are leaving this building alive! Look out! He's tipping over the fire in the forge! Don't do that, Jara! It's done now, Shadow. Look, the flames are already licking up the walls. This old hall is a tinderbox. It'll burn in no time. The fire's catching all over the room. What are you going to do now, Shadow? We're getting out of here. Go to the door at the end of the room, Margot. If you can get up the stairs, we have a chance to escape. Hurry! <coughs> hold! Hold on to my hand, Margot! The smoke, Lamont. I can't see. We've got to keep going. We should be near the door. Lamont! The smoke, I... Margo! Stay! I'll carry you. We haven't far to go. Only have to... to make it... To, to the door! Wait! This is it! I found the door, Margo! We've made it! How do you feel, Margo? Better. Thank you. Take a look at that old meeting hall. It's a mass of flames. We got out just in time. Any sign of Darrow? No. There's no hope for him now. Look! The belfry of the meeting house! There's someone up there! Lamont! It's Darrow, waving his arms! He's shouting something! Lamont! He's going to jump! Turn your head, Margo. In the name of my father! And my father's father, I curse you all! The weed of crime bears bitter fruit, and crime does not pay. This the shadow knows. <laughs> We hope you enjoyed tonight's presentation of The Shadow. Please give a listen to all our Parsons Knows Radio Theater works. You'll find them wherever you get your podcasts and at our website, parsonsknows.com, where you can also sign up for our newsletter and even make a tax-deductible donation. It's rough sailing for arts groups these days, and your support is greatly appreciated. Thanks again, and good night.